Let me tell you a secret. Veterans are entering a world full of opportunity, but you can only participate if you know the tricks of personal branding, leveraging your skills in the modern digital economy, and most importantly, positioning your benefits and assets to give you financial control when you stop following orders. I'm Scott Tucker, and I'm here to tell you what they don't want you to know. Welcome to Veteran Wealth Secrets, where we show you how to go from apathy and aspiration to autonomy and financial control. Isn't it about time that we start treating our active duty service members like they're adults when it comes to their finances? Hi, I'm Scott Tucker, and welcome back to Veteran Wealth Secrets. And after many years in post-military life myself in the finance space, that's one of the, the biggest lessons I learned is that the mistake we're all making or the myth that's portrayed about our service members is that we're poor or dumb and can't understand our finances. So, of course, it's the military's job to fix it for us and make sure you're well-educated. Oh, by the way, here's a gun. Go overseas and take bullets for us. But, by the way, you don't know how to figure out dollars and cents. And shame on you if you want to get a car or travel or, or do something that isn't considered congruent with the status quo of how we manage our wealth. And and not that there isn't good opportunity. There aren't a lot of people doing it. That's the point, is there are a lot of people doing smart things with their money. But sometimes there is an intention around it, and we're being told the same cookie-cutter story. And for some people, that's just not motivating. It just isn't. There's a reason why a lot of young service members and officers go out and buy the fancy car or spend the money on the weekends is because they want to live life now. Getting even on just $1,000 a month is a lot of money for us when we've been coming out of college or out of high school. We've never had that kind of control before. But telling people that, well, gosh, look at compound interest, the magic of compound interest and you know how if you start saving today, it's going to grow and become a nice nest egg for you 40 years later. Okay, maybe. And I've got a whole chapter in my book, Veteran Secrets, about the lie that is compound interest and how we're misled. Really, they use that story, that myth of if you put money away today, it'll grow upon itself magically, apparently, and you'll have much, much more to access later on. And that's nice, but unfortunately, it's just, like I said, it's not motivating for enough people to prepare for really what is the real opportunity. It's not retirement. It's not 40 years down the road. It's the day you get out of the military. And that's part of one of the real motivations around this show is showing people that we're in the greatest opportunity in all of human history to look at other ways to actually use our money, not just put it away. That compound interest story is almost like a shame on you type of approach. 
oh my gosh, if you're not doing it, you're doing it all wrong. And so people feel bad. And and often people put off things, fixing things that they feel bad about. Instead, we want to show them the opportunity that comes when you put money away where you can access it. But putting it away only in something that's so far out that you can't really touch, you're not allowed to, quote unquote, touch, because that's not what the average person should be doing with their money. I think that just leads too many people into mediocrity who otherwise could be coming out of the military, use their assets, use their wealth, use the benefits they have for themselves, use the personal brand they have to create what they want and not just get stuck in the fixed income job. You know, who better than to talk about this kind of stuff than a command sergeant major, someone who's came in young, stayed in well past probably they thought they were going to, and then became a leader of troops and wants to share that message of, hey, start thinking about the effect that you can have with your money while you're on active duty. And regardless of when you're hearing this, if if you're already out of the military, think about yourself uh, that day. What, What do you wish somebody would have told you? Do you, do you wish somebody would have said, oh, man, I wish I, I wish somebody had told me to do TSP, then I'd have a much bigger TSP account. I actually was someone who had somebody to tell me to do it, TSP, and I did that. And I put all my money in TSP. I ended up taking it all out when I was like 30 because I realized, oh, I want to start businesses. I'm not worried about retirement. I want to focus on creating more wealth in the now, and that other stuff will take care of itself Because I don't want to sit around working for somebody else just hoping. I wanted to have more control. And so that's what this show is about. We're going to move on to the interview with Command Sergeant Major Maurice Chaplin. I actually, I think by the time this episode launches, he will no longer be. He will be Command Sergeant Major retired. But very grateful to have him on the show all the way from Hawaii to introduce his thoughts on wealth. Hey, if you haven't already, do us a favor. Please uh, rate and review this show on iTunes. We really appreciate you help spreading the word, getting it out. And of course, visit our website at usvetwealth.com to get tons of education on all things from you know our perspective, our you know what we're trying to teach that's not like the other 99% of how you, know, you should be using your money and using your time. Because really, that's what we think wealth is all about. It's about your time and money is just a tool to help you get more of it so you can do the things, the purposeful, meaningful things that you want to be doing. And maybe you don't know, but that discovery process, giving yourself the permission and the time to discover that is really what wealth is all about. So visit usvetwealth.com so you can learn more about that. And we will move on to the interview. Enjoy. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to what is the first veteran secret show where we're bringing on guests that have something unique that they've figured out personally or professional at some point during their active duty military career, maybe in their transition themselves, or maybe they're already as a veteran or started a business or whatever it is. We all know we've been through something in our lives that we had epiphany around. We're wondering, 
why didn't somebody tell me this before at some point? And that's what this show's all going to be about. It's based around the concept of my new book that's coming out on Veterans Day. We're going to, it's free online. You can always get it at veteranwellsecrets.com. Not trying to charge people money, but if you want the Amazon version of it, we're going to make it free on Amazon as well. Would love to have you go get the book and uh, leave a review. But enough of that. We want to get to the insight we have today. And gosh, I I feel so lucky and so honored to have uh, such a leader because we all know who the real leaders in the military are, especially in the Army. I was in the Army, and it's our senior NCOs and especially those command sergeant majors who I remember as a butter bar I was afraid of. Uh, Let me bring them on. Command Sergeant Major Maurice Chaplin. Whoops. Oh, sorry. Oh, there you go. I just accidentally. Hey, how's it going, Scott? Hey, Sergeant Major Maurice Chaplin from the 8th Theater uh, Sustainment Command out in Fort Shafter, Hawaii. But this guy has got all I looked at. I went and looked at the webpage, looked at your resume. You got all the awards. You said you had 90 jumps. So I know you've had an amazing career and looking forward to seeing you more on on the socials. Oh, yeah, definitely. Learn more about it. But thank you so much for joining. How's it going out there in Hawaii right now? You're up and early. Already done your PT, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. That's what good soldiers do. Get up first thing in the morning, get some PT, and that's how we start our day. Um, Everything is going great out here in Hawaii. As you can see, I'm not sure if you can really see the backdrop. Um, It's been a great day, a great morning. But um, everything is going great out here in the Pacific. Phenomenal place to serve. I couldn't ask for a better place to be right now. Yeah, uh, everybody gets lucky. when We we have so few cool assignments in the army at least and this is definitely one of them no glad you're got to you're getting to end your career at such a beautiful place but hey let me ask you we're in strange times to say the least this last year of 2020 and i can't imagine what it's like to be a senior leader getting troops through the all the rule the new rules and regulations that were put in place you know i'm, I'm curious a little bit what was that like how was that compared to what other challenges you might have had in your career and what's kind of you know, what's life like for you nowadays as you're thinking about getting out uh, as you're planning on ending your your 31 career uh, 31, 31 year years career, yeah definitely year. Yep. yeah 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 Scott definitely this has been a, a huge change for the military and the DoD at, at writ large we're used to interacting with our soldiers on a daily basis however in the COVID environment things have become decentralized we were pretty much forced to use um, Microsoft Teams Zooms. Zoom or any other various media that we can check on our soldiers or even provide a block of instructions through the social media uh, platforms as you and I are using here at this point in time, especially here on the island of Hawaii. When COVID initially broke out, it was one, maybe two cases here, probably a month or so after it broke out in the mainland. However, you know, the state of Hawaii took drastic measures, you know, it pretty much shut the island down. The numbers began to creep up just because of some personnel had made it in. And so they shut the island down and that also affected the military. As we look to be good neighbors with the local community, Mm -hmm. we also went by the state guidelines. And and in some cases that even included us reducing our change of command or change responsibility ceremonies where you would normally have hundreds of soldiers on the field that was reduced to 10 people. So if you can imagine that, yeah. And so those are just that, for one instance, is just one of the huge changes that have taken taken place across the Army. Specifically here in Hawaii, we have the beautiful b- backdrops. We have the state come out to various level of ceremonies. Mm-hmm. But again, it was reduced to 10 people. And that 10 people included your family, the guest speaker, the sergeant major, 
or the camera guys. And so you had to become creative in this environment to fully support your soldiers, to support your command. And then <clears throat> with us being here in the Pacific, we're away from everyone. So a lot of times we would have to travel to get to the Pacific, Japan, Korea, or other places, or even to the mainland. And again, we were forced to use social media platforms. So it has made us rethink you know, how we operate, how we function, how we communicate, our day-to-day -day interaction. We have to check on soldiers more. So it, it definitely challenged us, but as a good army, we overcame it and we're continuing to roll on. Yeah, I was going to ask, adapt and overcome. We understand how, how the military works, but at the same time, was that a, a psychological kind of just out of left field? We understand combat, take the hill, it's follow orders. And then all of a sudden it's like, what, we can't even stand next to each other? We're, I mean, that obviously we had to got to do what you got to do. But, you know, now I'm sure maybe you could speak on some of the net positives when it comes to things like communications that might have came out of that. Like well, it just... Yeah, yeah, what are your yeah it, did, it did. It did affect your psyche because we're used to large gatherings. We're used to how they camaraderie. But yeah, camaraderie, make your buddy smile. All of us have heard that a million times. Yeah, we're standing together in a group, or we pack a huge formation in the theater for NCOPD or mm -hmm. a briefing from the commanding general or whoever. Yeah, initially it did challenge our psyche or make you rethink your leadership style and your leadership ability because now it has to be decentralized, and mm -hmm. so now. If an old timer like me, you're not, you may not be caught up on the social media aspect. So now you have to learn to bring your entire, the entire squad or your platoon sergeants or your first sergeants into one form, into one meeting. Some retraining, some reblowing took place with us at echelons throughout the military. Mm. No, that's super interesting. But um, no, thanks, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, oh, yeah I, I always love getting that kind of. Your senior leader insight on how the world's working in the military. I'm gosh, I'm almost God. I'm twelve years. I'm twelve years removed since when oh, wow. I got out. I was always good, though. Uh, still like good. <laughs> I've always stayed, you know, close to military bases. I was in, you know, Stuttgart for a while, and in San Diego, got to see Navy life. And yeah. I was like, oh man, maybe I should have gone that road. You get these <laughs> nice flags, but but no. The reason we had you on the show, clearly, someone who's had thirty-one years as a senior leader, I'm sure you didn't enter the army no, thinking of, actually, maybe you did. No, uh, I didn't. <laughs> you'd be <laughs> no, doing, I didn't. becoming the sergeant major, because we all know what it's like in their early years, how we, how much we respect and even fear you know, some, some of that leadership. But I asked you to come on, because I know you got lots of wisdom to drop, but what's the one secret that you found throughout your career, either personally or professionally, that maybe you wish you would, somebody would have told you before, or it's helped you out in a unique way that you weren't expected, that you okay. wanted to share with those uh, who are listening in our audience, but, but also those coming behind you and their own paths? Yeah, definitely. One of, one of the things that, um, that I've learned is to overcome the the fear of investing or to try and get to some type of financial freedom. There's a lot of regulations, FMs, ATPs, ADPs that we have in the army that govern our actions and our way of doing business. But a lot of times we don't truly get the full scope of financial investments or, mm -hmm. you know, financial freedom or financial management. I mean, as you say, you served. And a lot of times we don't get to that point until a soldier have not paid their bills or received a call from a, a debtor. And then we want to counsel the soldier. But where was the counseling beforehand 
to train yeah. that soldier on, hey, this is how you must manage your bank account, or these are some secrets to get you to financial wealth down the road. We've recently come out with the, um, the blended retirement plan, but that's, that's a source of investing. And that's now for the, the more junior soldiers who just recently joined the Army. Mm -hmm. But for old timers as myself, I never received that on my initial entry into the Army. Back then, it was just a savings bonds that took 15, 20 years to mature. Right. And at that point, it, they were just paper to you. But um, that's one of the biggest things um, that I wish I had as a private in the Army is sit down and say, hey, private chaplain, this is what you do. These are some means to achieve financial freedom four years, 10 years, 30 years down the road. So when you get out in the Army, yes, you'll have a retirement plan. You'll have your TSP, but also you can have your own personal mutual fund, money market account, or your stock account. Those are the things that we don't always teach the formation. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to dig in a little bit more because you mentioned overcoming the fear of investing. What do you mean by that? The okay. Fear? Yeah. And it, the thing about it is we all know in the military, and that's all branches, you're not rich. Your pay is not the greatest. Mm -hmm. You do it for the love of country. And as a young private, as a young E2, E3, you're getting seven, eight hundred dollars and you need to you need to secure all of that seven, eight hundred dollars. And the fact that you're saying, hey, if I'm telling you, hey, private Tucker, go and invest one hundred fifty dollars a month in your mind, you're thinking I can't live without that one hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. And but if we get to the point to give that individual soldier or service member the sense of security to say, hey, if you do, this is your result. Let me educate you on how your money will grow, how your money will work for you 10, 15 years down the road. We have ACS that come in. We, they provide some services. However, it's at the surface level. It doesn't go beyond mm. such as that iceberg. It doesn't go underneath that surface level. When I first joined, although I was coming in basic training, they told me it was going to take $100 a month for the GI Bill. I'm like, I need that $100. I'm like, why? I couldn't wait for that $100 to stop because I wanted that $100 to increase my my right. my money to do whatever I want to do, leisure, movies, or whatever. And, and that's why I say we got to overcome that fear. And I think achieving that is with education on how we can make our money grow for us. Yeah, I... Because I'm always curious. This is this isn't just in the military a problem. It's part of the American education system. And part of me thinks there's an intentionality behind why we're not educated as children, how money works, how business works, and that kind of yeah. stuff. But you know, that's aside the point. I I applaud the, the military, especially in recent years, to bring out more and more education. But at the end of the day, what I've come to find is the stats don't show that that the numbers are drastically improving that all of a sudden everybody's realizing, Oh, I shouldn't go buy a Mustang. I should put it yeah. away. <laughs> and I think it's, it's part of the shiny object syndrome. For obvious reasons, a lot of our young soldiers are coming from situations where maybe they haven't been well off financially. And all of a sudden they're getting a steady paycheck. Absolutely. They even though seven, $800 in that much, it but actually is. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It, it can be. And it's, and it's consistent. And it ain't going yeah. away unless you screw up. Absolutely. <laughs> but so it's the fear of not invest. The problem is the, the shiny object of, oh, hey, this is going to build over 10, 20, 30 years. Man, that, that's hard of a motivating factor. What do you think might be a motivating 
factor, you know, and I don't, I don't know if there is any, honestly, to just to, to, for folks to say, yeah, I, I, this is the smartest thing I could do to be put a few hundred bucks away. I, or I, what I was it for you when you, or tell us about when you had your epiphany to start doing that and what was like before and after. Mine was twofold, actually. Mine was, I was in Germany, in Augsburg, Germany, and I had a They're second good. job at the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I had a second job at the movie theater and I was just blowing money. And I had a guy, and this was back in 1996. I had a guy by the name of Master Sergeant Earl Drummond who snatched me up. I'll never forget it because it you changed remember. my life at that point. Wow. Absolutely. And he was like, hey, man, what are you doing? He was like, I always see you out here blowing money, wasting money, this and that. He was like, I'm coming to see you on Monday. So I was like, okay. And Monday he came to see me. He sat me down. He came to my office. I was a supply sergeant at my office. He was like, hey, this is what you need to do. You need to put some money up. You need to start a mutual fund, a money market account. You need to save some money, this and that. And then maybe about a year later, my daughter was born. So that was really the turning point for me. Mm to make me understand I can't go and blow all this money that I used to now. I, I now have a child to take care of. And so that money that I would waste, but now went on diapers, clothes, strollers, and things of that nature. So those are my two turning points. And, and then, and as you mentioned, the shiny object. I think if we can show, we can sit soldiers down and show them, hey, this is how your money can grow. With the rule of 72, compound interest and let it grow if you stay in the army four years, 10 years, 20 years, this is how it will grow. And like I say, the army has the blended retirement plan. That's, that was recently um, initiated, mm -hmm. maybe about two years ago, two, three years ago. 2018, I believe. Yeah. yeah, I think so. But however, not everyone took advantage of it. We put education out there. We educated the soldier left and right, up and down on it. And it was validated at every level. And But a lot of soldiers didn't want to do it because they didn't fully understand it or could see their end state. They couldn't fully see their end state. And me as a SAR major or me having the experience that I have, I try and explain to soldiers, hey, what are you doing with your financial investments? But some people don't take it the same way. Some people feel that you're invading their privacy when you're having those yeah. conversations with them. So you have to tread lightly. You can have it as a general conversation and hopefully someone bite on it and say, hey, what was that thing you were talking about, about investments? We just have to be crafty on how we message it and with the intent to not offend anyone because everyone's financial situation is different. We have people in the military that are taking care of their family back at home. And so the number of you know variables that goes along with the Army paycheck was limitless. But to get to that financial freedom, you just have to find what works for you or even listen or even take some advice from others or look to see what some others may have secured say, hey, I want that. It's just like rank. Everyone says, hey, I want to be a commander or I want to be a command sergeant major. You have to put that work in, that intellectual rigor to get to that point. You don't just mm -hmm. wake up and say, hey, I'm the sergeant major the next day or I'm a general the next day. It comes with time. It comes with investments. It comes with education. There's a lot of gates that you have to go through to get to that point. Yeah, it's hey, we know what the pay scale is. We know how exactly. it works. Yeah, exactly. it, it shouldn't it's be no a secret. surprise. No exactly. Secret. Why do we act all? Oh, we're broke. I, I've had some I've seen some E4s save more money than 06s. I, I agree. I, I mean, there's there's definitely no excuses. What, what I write about in my book and, and what I, I'm trying to make the shiny object is having folks understand 
hey, this modern economy we're in, and one way or the other, you're getting out of the military at yes. some point. Yes. And so whatever benefits you may or may not get, if we're saving money for that opportunity when we leave the military, now all of a sudden, you can go create your shiny object if you, if you want. You don't have yeah. to just go take another job and translate the skills. So that's I appreciate your insight on motivating folks to save money. I just want to add a little bit more there. Hey, it's because that opportunity comes the day yeah. you leave the military. If you save enough, you might not have to get another job. You may not have to. Because <laughs> so, I, I talked to a lot, or you could talk on this a little bit before we sign off here, but I talked to a lot of senior NCOs. I was an officer, but I understand career NCOs. They tell me, you know what? We're just exhausted. And I, I don't know if you feel that way or folks that do. And if they could, I mean, imagine, but they all have to go get a job. Yeah. And it's imagine if you didn't need to do that. And it's clearly possible because there are people who do that. It's possible. I, I'll mm -hmm. tell you, Scott, it's a few things. One is that overcoming the fear of investment yeah. to where you start. You have to live within your means. You got to learn the difference between want and need. That's one of the big things. You got to learn the difference between that. We have responsibilities ourselves. We have to sit down and say, okay, this is how much I have. This is my budget. We must establish a budget. Mm -hmm. And if you blow that budget at that time, you have to have the intestinal fortitude to say, okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm not going out to the movies this week. I've blown my budget for this period. And another thing before we sign off, we have to stay away from the multiple credit cards that mm. kills us. And in this day and age, online shopping is just a click away. Mm -hmm. It's just a click. Amazon, Walmart, you name it. And you can have it in three days, two days with, or a day with Amazon Prime, depending on where you're at. If there's a, a distribution center close to you. Yeah. Not so, to mention all the military discounts. It's What's the point of the discount if you didn't need the thing? Because <laughs> then you're just spending, you're still spending you're more still money. Spending money. Right? It, still that's unfortunately a lot of the psychology of really understanding what persuasion and marketing is. The better you learn those skills, the better you can promote yourself, but the Absolutely. better you can see what's happening to you. Absolutely. You, you look at it, you say, Jeff Bezos is the richest man in the world. I just got five boxes from Amazon. <laughs> I just helped make him the richest man again. Mm -hmm. And so it just, it depends on that psyche of how you look at things and how you assess things and your capabilities. I think if you make your money truly work for you in your 20 years of serving, if you choose to serve 20 years, you can come out in financial freedom, not mm -hmm. having to work and, and enjoy life. That, and I, I think in this day and age, the more veterans that are not coming out of the military feeling like they're in a position where they have to work to live, that if they could be in a position to live to work or live to do whatever they want, yeah, then we have more veterans that aren't in a job that they don't like where they can't continue to be a leader in the same way. Because I think yeah. right now America needs more of us out of the cubicles and yeah. into, I'm not saying everybody's got to start a nonprofit or get into politics. Of course not. But it's just, if some way you, you weren't forced to be like, ah, I got to go listen to the man from nine to five from Monday to Friday. Yeah. It's hard to get up on Saturday and Sunday and go do that. I know so many do, but I understand that's a void. I think we can fill as well. If folks really want to continue to be of service after their military career, then, you know, there's a financial component to that. It's just not, it's, hey, I'm going to go volunteer all my time. 
we only have so much time. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But and I think it's one of those things. Everyone, and that's what I've learned. Everyone's situation is different. Their family is different. Mm -hmm. Their lives are different. And a lot of times that dictate what they spend or what they can or cannot say. It's one of those things that well, the possibility is there. You just have to manage it internally, what fits your family. So that's really one of the biggest takeaways from this. Cool. Let's close it out with this. I got one last question because I'm excited for you after 31 years. What's next for Sergeant Major Chaplin? If, if I had you on the show a few years from now, I definitely want to have you back on after we find out what you've been up to. But what do you, you know, if we were having this conversation three years from now and we're looking back to this first, first interview, what do you feel would have to happen for you uh, personally or professionally do you, for you to feel good about your transition into post-military life? I feel good, even at this point. It's a blessing. It's a privilege to serve. You serve the soldiers. You serve your community. You serve your country. So that's a privilege, number one. Probably three years from now, if and when we do this video, I'll probably be sitting on a boat somewhere. I'll probably be sitting on a boat fishing, probably be that guy volunteering benefiting some of the lessons that I've learned along the way to allow me to get to that point. Awesome. Thank you again so much for, for joining us and sharing your wisdom. Can't wait to help you know network with you on, on the social medias and so on. But hey, for, for everybody out there listening, hey, take the Sergeant Major's words <laughs> to heart. Um, no matter where you're at in your career, when it comes to things like finances, when was the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago? When's Absolutely. the next best time? You know, Absolutely. right now. I, there, there's all sorts of risks out there in finances, how the stock market's going to do, how tax is going to do. None of it matters if you're not doing anything with preparing for your future, whatever that might be. And in this day and age, that's things are changing so quickly. They you want to be in a position to take advantage of opportunities, avoid risks, and, yeah. and so on. So you know, that's what our message is at Veteran World Secrets. Couldn't have been a more perfect uh, topic and insight for the show, Sergeant Major. Thanks again. And uh, for everybody else, we will see you next time. Take care, Scott. Appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, you bet. All right.